Shalom and good morning to all of you. Today is uh, 1st of May, Labor Day. So uh, we believe uh, in the biblical Sabbath that we set aside one day. And uh, usually we do it because Sunday is the Lord's Day where we set aside to come before the Lord to hear from God, to give unto the Lord and to say, because you created everything and even God rested on the seventh day as a pattern for us that we need time to reflect, to be thankful for all that God has done and continues to do in our life. We praise God that today uh, we want to celebrate all the workers, not just in the marketplace, but like what Pastor Mei Fong says, there is a group of workers, there's a group of faithful servants of the Lord who works tirelessly and without salary, and that is the mothers in the house. Let's just give thanks to the mothers. Yeah, so we hope the fathers will... Uh, Think about bonus and increment for the, for the mothers that are doing so well. Uh, sometimes they are neglected, they are unappreciated, but uh, we just want to thank the Lord for this. And uh, even as uh, we thank the Lord for work, we also want to thank the Lord for the Lord's work. Last Sunday, uh, if you have been here or online, I know that some of you have come back. Uh, today is your very first time back physically. Can you just raise your hands? This is after a long time you have been here. Can you just raise your hands up there in the balcony, right there? Wow, welcome you. We want to welcome you back. So we do our best to keep this place as safe as possible for all. But like the Word of God says in Hebrews chapter 10, you know, the coming together of the body of Christ is so important. That fellowship, that unity, that oneness is so powerful. So Pastor Vincent spoke uh, started off the, the two-part series. Today, I'm, I'm finishing off the series of rebuilding. Last Sunday, he spoke about rebuilding people in ministry. And uh, this week, I'm going to conclude that series with uh, rebuilding resilient people. That is so important. We, and I'm going to very quickly take you to the scriptures because we know that uh, time is short. We want to set aside a bit of time after, immediately after the service for each one of us to respond. Like last week, we have quite a number of people responded online and also physically to say yes, Lord, because of the powerful message that Pastor Vincent spoke last week and say that if we really love the Lord, this is where we want to give unto the Lord by offering our service, our ministry, our giftings and our talents. Today, I just want to uh, share one important principle uh, about the life of Christ that is, that is needed for us in order to grow, in order to mature, in order to be a disciple of the Lord Jesus Christ, in order for us to continue to be fruitful in life. Let's uh, go to Genesis chapter 41, verse 50 to 52. This is my main text. It's from uh, Genesis before the year of famine came, two sons were born to Joseph. Asenath, the daughter of Potipharah, the priest of On, bore them to him. Joseph called the name of the firstborn Manasseh, for he says, God has made me forget all my hardship and all my father's house. The name of the second he called Ephraim, for God had made me fruitful in the land of my affliction." Father, we pray for the powerful Word of God, Lord, that is living and active and sharper than any two-edged sword, Lord, dividing between soul and marrow and is a discerner of the thoughts and of the hearts of each one of us, Lord. Lord, we surrender to You, to the searching light, to the fire of the Holy Spirit to speak to us individually as a family, as the people of God. We give you thanks. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Today I want to begin to share with you something so powerful in terms of how we are going to live our lives as Christians who will not be easily defeated. Christians who will not quit when we face problems. You know, there's a, a, lot, of, a lot of people say, I think in my generation, says this, today the young people are not as 
uh, are, are not as tough as our generation. But I need to qualify that because we, I also have met, encountered young people who are also tough as nails in terms when they go through difficulties in life. So I guess uh, the youth and the young people, the young adult, we know that except for the kids who are not here today, we have the different generations who are here. And so the Word of God, the Joseph principle that I'm going to impart, that I'm going to share with you is relevant for each one of you. And if you are not a Joseph, then you are a Josephine. So we pray, even right now, that uh, the Word of God will come so powerfully to you. The providence of God and the purpose of God for our lives doesn't change in the midst of bleak times. And we all know what we are talking about. Even Pastor Mei Fong was talking about in the last two years, things have changed so dramatically, drastically to all of us, even myself, uh, in my family. And we know that pastors, churches, individuals here, you know, have borne the, 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 the brunt of the pandemic and how the consequences of the pandemic, of the lockdown has impacted and affected so many people. And there are two different kinds of people and we are going to look at one that is our role model for how we go through life. There are two ways, you know, when trouble comes like the sun, we can either be like a candle that will melt when under the sun because we just surrender to God. We just trust in God. Or we can be like the clay. When the sun shines and burns, we can be hardened and we can be angry and we can be bitter. But what is the kind of person that the Lord is building, is growing, is creating in each one of us who say we follow Jesus? So God is actively working out His plans, even during our hardship, even when you have been diagnosed with a certain sickness or disease, even during the pandemic, like even in our church, we have quite a number of people who have gone home because of the COVID or related to COVID. So this is something that is relatable. This is something we know. People who have lost their jobs, people whose business has been drastically affected, even relationships has broken down because of staying home too long and discovering that we have not re resolve our issues, that we have hidden our issues under the carpet. So this uh, is not the cause of the problems, it just highlights that there are problems that we never dealt with. And so this pandemic has just brought it up, has just surfaced our spirituality, our toughness during this period. The story of Joseph teaches us very few important things. We know that even in the Sunday school, even for us, when we talk about the story of Joseph, the son of Jacob, who was hated by his own uh, brothers and thrown into the pit and then they wanted to kill him and then they, instead of killing him, they finally decided to sell him to the Midianites and he went to Egypt and there he was a slave rather than a son in his father's house. And then he was thrown into the prison because of the false accusation. But from there, we see that he finally ended up in the palace. And he became the second most powerful man in Egypt. And at that point in ancient history, Egypt was the most powerful nation on the earth. And to be the second man is to be able to have all the riches, all the control. So very, uh, very uh, normally for us to think that the story of Joseph is just that if we are faithful to God, then we will be rich and we will be powerful. But brothers and sisters, there's more to the story to that because of the Joseph principle, because of the Joseph lifestyle, because of the Joseph mindset and attitude, we see that we all need the Joseph lifestyle in each of us in order to be able to get out of this situation. Now, from the 1st of May, like, like what uh, Pastor May Fong says, a lot of relaxation of the SOP. There is a new normal. You know, this new normal is not a new word. We use it during our grief counselling because 
the moment we lose our loved ones, we experience a new normal. We cannot get back what we have lost. We have just to move forward. We have just to accept and we have just to be strong until we receive full recovery. So for us, in this season for us, in our own, in the church, in our own families, in our business, in our work, we have to accept that things will never be the same again. We have to move into the new things of God. We have to move into the new season of God. We have to say it's a new normal. We know that people of my generation will always like to talk about the, old, the good old days. And that is normal. You know, we think it's normal, but actually it's not healthy. It's not good. Because if we keep on living in the past, we will not accept the present. And therefore, we cannot be launched into the future to be fruitful, to prosper before God. So it's important, as much as we have photographs, we have good memories, we have videos and pictures of what we have done in the past, but the past will always be the past. And this is where we need to realise that if I don't change, if I don't adapt, if I don't innovate, if I don't rebuild again, I will be stuck. We will be stuck. You will be stuck. Just as in grief, when we keep on hopping, I wish I had more time. I wish I've done this. I wish I've done that with my loved one. But it is no point hopping because it is the past. We cannot change what God has already decided to bring home our loved one. It applies in the same way in every area of our life. Even in the church, church is transform and change. We will never do church the same again. And this is something that we need to realise. Something we need to accept. So that the story of Joseph speaks about the providence of God, the protection of God, the preparation, the purifying and the positioning that God is doing for Joseph and for everyone who puts their trust and hope in God. Even when everything around them is crumbling, everything around them is becoming a mess. Even when people are falling sick, when the finances are low, when our relationship is breaking down, even in the home, in the family, this is a time for us to begin to look to the Word of God. This is a time, that is why the story of Joseph is one of the most, is one of my favourite important story. It's not just a narrative, but it is a principle that each one of us hear. From the pit where Joseph was betrayed and hated and thrown into the pit, into the house where he, where he was sold as a slave, no more had he had the privilege in his house, in Jacob's house with all his other 11 brothers. No more was the, he the special one because he was so the favourite son of his father Jacob because the wife was his favourite wife, Rachel. And they had two sons, uh, uh, Joseph and Benjamin. So this also speaks about uh, the lack of wisdom in Jacob in purposely targeting when you have 12 children. Please don't show favouritism. This is all parents for all parents to know. Because if you show favouritism, you will get in trouble. I thank God that I don't have a problem in my family. I have only one son, and he's my favorite son. God has also one son. Also, he God has his favorite son. But for us here, who have two children, three, four, five, six, seven, I had certain families in our, in our, in, in our church have, have almost uh, seven or ten siblings. Definitely the natural thing. For parents, sometimes the, parent, the father will have a favourite, the mother will have a favourite. But do you know what happens when you show favouritism? You are going to have resentment. You are going to have jealousy and envy. So this is just, just the, the side point. Huh? Uh, this is not the main point here. That uh, for us, we have to be careful about favouritism. And somehow he gave him a very special coat, a many-coloured coat to tell everybody, he's my favourite. Why? Because I love his mother more. And that's why the Word of God says only have one wife. You have no problem. You don't have a favourite wife. So the, the Bible doesn't condone to have many more than one spouse. But it just happened during the culture of that time. It happened like that. But it's so easy once you have 
uh, one wife is also easy to, to love one wife. You have no, no other targets, just one wife. You have your children just to love your children. And so, what you see Joseph going through is what you see each one of us going through. That all of us will have our Joseph experience. Have you been betrayed before? Have people uh, 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 spoke about you badly before? I'm sure all of us will say yes, even for us pastors. Have you been enslaved that people make use of you? People constantly try to step on you, constantly take advantage of you. Have you experienced that? Yes, me too. Have each one of us been in prison before like Joseph? Yes. How are we in prison? When we are imprisoned by anger, bitterness, hatred, jealousy, revenge because of what people have done or because of what we have done or what we have experienced in our lives. But you see, there is a progression. That's why we mention the providence of God. What's the providence of God? Providence of God means behind everything that happens in life, God has a plan. And that is the good news. If you are in the, if you are in, in the chat right now, just begin to type in, God has a plan. God is not haphazard. God is not reckless. I think today I'm going to do this to Brother Eddie. I think uh, he's not being so good today, I will do this thing to him. No, God's plan is always for the long-term plan that we will become like His Son, Jesus. So what does it take to be like Jesus? When troubles come, the best test in life is when to see us in trouble. Just like we do not know how strong a tea is until we put the tea bag in hot water. What happens if you put a tea bag in cold water? Nothing happens. But when you and I are put into hot water, how do we respond? Just like what I said earlier, we can be a candle and we can melt in the presence of God says, Lord, I know now, I'm weak. I cannot do everything. Sometimes we misquote the scripture from Paul that says, I can do all things to Christ that strengthens me. Please, let's not just misinterpret the scripture. You and I cannot do all things. But you have to look at the context of what Paul is saying that in your circumstances that God allows you to go through, you can do all things because Christ is with you. Can you say an amen to that? So don't put this unnecessary pressure. The Word of God says, I can do all things. You cannot, brothers and sisters. I cannot, brothers and sisters. We cannot do all things. And that's why we need God. And that is the, the, the most very important part of the theology, the doctrine of our need for God, for salvation, is that all of us are broken. All of us are sinful. All of us are sinners in, the, in need of a God. So this important thing speaks about you and I. So you and I can identify and maybe you and I are different parts of our journey today. You are in the pit right now and you feel so angry with somebody who has cheated you in business. Somebody who has betrayed you. Even your spouse. Even your children. Had that happened to you? I'm sure some of you will say, yes, it's happened to me too. Have we been enslaved? Some of us enslaved by sin in our lives. We choose not to reconcile. We choose to disobey God's word. We choose not to forgive. And so we are enslaved by bitterness. You know, there's a supervillain in the, in the Bible and, the, and that supervillain is called bitterness. That means it's a bitter spirit. You just go near the person and you touch the person and all the toxin and poison just come out naturally from the ears, from the nose, from the mouth and the person just spill out all the anger. But God is raising up supermen and superwomen in His strength. And what is the name of that? I know that the famous when uh, uh, Superman removed and the S comes, huh? God wants to reveal a supernatural man and woman and that that is not an S, it's an R. The resilient man and the resilient woman. What is resilient? You won't die. You choose not to lay down and say, I give up, I surrender, I throw the white flag. You know, when anything bad happens, I give up. I don't want to do anything. I want, I want, to, I, I, I want to go somewhere. I don't want this family. I don't want this job. I don't want the church. I don't want to serve anymore. 
a resilient man like Joseph will say, whatever that happens in my life, I will just take it. I will accept it because I know that God has a plan for my life. How did Joseph know God has a plan? The dreams that he had. He had two sets of dreams that he had that God gave to him to show Joseph that I have a definite plan, a future for you. But that future is not just a bed of roses. Future is not just blessing, 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 blessing. And this is our favourite word as Christians. Sometimes we, we overemphasize on the blessings, but we forget that God has testing for you. God wants to put you into hot water to create and to get rid of the toxic, the poison, the sins in our lives. And this happened to me too. I too was a very toxic person. I too had a lot of poison in my life because of what I've gone through. And do you know that when Joseph was taken from his own land, the land of the Hebrews in Canaan, even before they have given to, 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 to uh, the Hebrew people, God took him to a foreign land. And this is called the land of affliction. Joseph lost everything. He lost his position in the family. He was the favourite, you know. I think the, the Jacob would have given him a greater amount of inheritance. Jo Jacob would have made him the head, although he was not the firstborn. Reuben was the firstborn. And then Judah. He was snatched away from his inheritance. Snatched away from what is rightfully his. And sometimes you and I feel like that. That someone has snatched away what I deserve. If you are in a relationship where you has, has been fallen, that has broken, and you feel that the enemy, you sometimes you blame God, you snatch away my loved one. Why did you allow it to happen? And this is where we, be, we have to have that Joseph, begin to apply the Joseph principle, the Joseph attitude, the Joseph mindset, and says, Lord, whatever, Lord, whatever you allow, I will take. And that is the meaning of deny yourself. Taking up your cross and following Jesus. To take up your cross, to take up my cross is actually to say, Lord, whatever that comes before me, that is my cross. If to lose someone in a relationship is my cross, I accept that. To have a health issue in my life, that is my cross. To lose financially or to lose my job or my business, that is my cross. To fail in the area of my relationship, that is my cross. But Lord, I know that you are preparing me for something. And that is the, the, the five things that are important when God is doing something. And Many times we all want to know, God, what is the end? We always like to read at the end. For us, those days we used to read the physical book. Now it's digital. We always like to know what is the ending story first. Sometimes people want to buy a book. We want to say, God, happy ending or not? If not, I won't buy. But if you and I are in Christ, let me assure you, there's always a happy ending. There's always a glorious ending. Can we say yes? Amen. There is always an, uh, a happy ending, a glorious ending, a blessed ending, but not in between. In between our being born again, in between our being raptured and being in the presence of God, being glorified, there is a lot of things that God will allow. So instead of pointing the finger and blaming our children, our family, the, the, the church, the government, let's begin to ask God instead of, why me, Lord? We must ask, Lord, thank you for trusting me enough to go through this. I know that you are pruning me, that you are purifying me, that you are sanctifying me. Jesus says that he is the vine. The Father is the vine dresser and we are the branch. We must allow God the Father to prune us Get rid of any baggages in our lives. The best time to get rid of baggages is when we are going to shift house. And that's what happened to me last year. When we shifted house, we realized that we accumulate things, so many things over the years, and we never use them. And suddenly, when, when you want to give up, we say, no, I like this. 
So just like our sins, just like our anger, no, 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 no. I want to massage my anger. I want to pamper my, my, my bitterness towards my family. No, don't take this away because this is what I have to attack the people who have hurt me. Same thing, we need to declutter. We need to get rid of these things. And that is what the Joseph principle, and that is what the Joseph lifestyle, and that is what the Joseph mindset is about. It is the renewing of our mind. This is what to have the mind of Christ means that whatever Jesus knew what was ahead of him when he, when he came into Jerusalem on that Sunday, on that Palm Sunday, he knew the cross was waiting for him. But he was looking beyond the cross. He was looking to his resurrection. He was looking to his glorification. He was looking to himself sitting on the right hand of the Father. And more importantly, he was looking for you and me coming into eternal life. Coming, being set free from sin, from Satan and from death. Let's give God the glory. Let's praise Him. I'm going to fast forward to the reasons. Do you know that Joseph was in the wrong country? He was in Egypt, not in the land of Hebrews. Joseph was in the wrong house, the house of Potiphar, not his father's house. Joseph was not serving God in the temple or where God wants him to, but he was serving the most powerful man on earth, the Pharaoh. And Joseph married not someone from the Jewish people, but he married the priest, the Egyptian priest's daughter. That was the worst of all. And Joseph was given an Egyptian name. But something differentiated Joseph from everything else. When Joseph had two sons from his wife, he named them with Hebrew names, not Egyptian names, because he constantly knew that I am in the land of affliction. Yes, but I'm going to excel. I'm going to serve God where He has positioned me. I'm going to stop whining. I will stop grumbling. I will stop complaining and say, Here I am, Lord. If you have positioned me here in Egypt, even in the house of Potiphar, I will give my all. I will give my best. And even when he was wrongly accused and then sent into prison, there even in the prison in another house, he also excelled and served God. Not just served his master, but he served the Lord. And because of his faithfulness, because of his resilient spirit that will never die, even after so many kinds of betrayal, so many kinds of wrong accusation, so many kinds of hurtful words, Jesus kept his attitude right, kept his inner spirit right because he constantly remembered the dream. He constantly knew there was a sign. Whichever house that Joseph went to, it prospered. When he was in his father's house in the land of Hebrews, in the house of Jacob, he prospered. He found favour. When he was in the house of slavery, he prospered. He excelled in everything in Potiphar's house. When even in prison, Joseph prospered, excelled, and stood up among all the rest because of his never-die attitude, because of his desire to serve God and to give his all. And that is what qualifies him to go into the palace. If he were like you and me, Every time we face hardship, every time we are in hot water, every time when the sun shines too hard, we can be hardened. We can say, I don't want to do it anymore. Why? Why me? Why my, my house have 12 brothers? Why choose me? But Jesus didn't ask the why questions. Sorry, Joseph didn't ask the why questions. But Joseph says, Lord, if you choose me, if you have called me, if you have sent me, if you have given me this path, I will prosper. 
I will be a blessing. And so Joseph blessed every home that he went, even the house of slavery, the prison, and especially in the palace. And in the palace where he was rewarded. Do you think Joseph would get anything if he started to complain right in the, uh, uh, in, in, in the house of Potiphar or in the, in, in the jail? He would not be given a, a responsible task. Nobody will remember him. They will only remember him as a grumbler as a complainer, as a toxic person. Everybody wanted to avoid him. And sometimes in our past, and sometimes in our present, we are like that. If people are avoiding us, people are saying, don't go near him. Don't go near her. She's so angry. She's so bitter. And this is the importance of applying the Joseph principle. That God wants us not to be bitter men. This is not the new avenger. Not bitter men. But God wants us to be the resilient man. The resilient woman. That is the power to see that this is how God will reward us. This is how God will set us above all. And that's why we can shine for Jesus. We can be ambassador for Jesus. So different from others. When people say, let's curse Let's grumble. Let's complain. Let's, let's, let's do something bad. We will say, no, let's bless. Let's love. Let's do good. Let's excel. Let's prosper. So I will end with this, the two names. The two names is very important because it determines our attitude and character. It determines how good, how godly and how effective a Christian will be. The first name is Manasseh, the firstborn of Joseph in the land, in a foreign land. He gave purposely name, gave the name, a Hebrew name. He says, Manasseh, why? Because God has made me forget all my hardship and all my father's house. What is Joseph teaching us here? You and I, who have gone through hardship and are still going hardship. We must say to our situation right now, when we suddenly feel angry, when we suddenly feel bitter, when we suddenly feel resentment, when we suddenly feel unforgiveness, when we suddenly want to be stuck in where we are right now and don't want to allow God to move, what do you and I say? Manasseh. When you and I say Manasseh to our situation, what are we saying? We are saying that God, you have made me forgot all my hardship. What does this also mean? That I will let go. God, you take over. And that's why Peter says, cast all your cares upon Him, for He cares upon you. Whatever situation you are in today, that you are stuck, that you feel so toxic, you feel that you cannot have a breakthrough, you keep on having that ill feeling, this is where you need to come before God and says, Lord, with your strength, with your grace, I will say Manasseh to my situation, to the people in my life who had hurt me, who had betrayed me. And says, you forget all my hardship and all my father's house. Does it mean we forget our family members who hurt us? No. It means that we forget what they have done to us. The bad things they have done to us. We begin to forgive. And you know that's what Joseph did? when all the, 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 the brothers and the father finally came to Egypt because of the, they, they, they needed grain, all of them finally bowed down to him, just like the dream that God gave him. Then was the fulfillment of the dream. And do you know he had any bitterness in him, any anger towards anything to revenge? He could have taken revenge easily upon his brothers for betraying him, for selling him off, for cutting him off from his family inheritance. But no, he had the right spirit, the right mind. He says, because God had helped me to forget all my hardship, to forget all the people who have hurt me and harmed me, I am who I am today. I am in the palace. What the palace means, there is a place where God wants us to be. Not in, not, not in Pharaoh's palace, but in God's presence. And God will say, I love you, son. I love you, daughter. You have passed the test. I deliberately allowed you to go through. I know that I will sustain you 
but your attitude, your mindset is so important. Just think about it. Is there somebody, is there a situation that you need to come before God and you need to say, Manasseh, God, help me to let go. Help me to forget. Help me to forgive. Help me to say, I, I, I release to you, Lord. Take away every form of toxicness and anger and bitterness from those who have hurt me. And sometimes we know from your experience and my experience, sometimes the greatest hurt comes from our own family members. And sometimes the most difficult people to forgive is our own family, our own relatives. But you cannot do it on your own. I cannot do it on my own. I need God. Just like Joseph needed God to say, God, help me to forget and to let go all my bitterness. And the second son's name is even more powerful. Only when you can say Manasseh can you have an Ephraim in your life. If you cannot say Manasseh, you and I will not be fruitful in our life. And sometimes we are wondering, why Lord? Everything I've done doesn't happen. Perhaps you need to say Manasseh. You need to forget. You need God's grace and strength to say, I must let go. I must release. I must surrender to God the things that are out of my control. People and situations. Then only we can have the second son, Ephraim. What does Ephraim mean? Ephraim means God has made me fruitful in the land of affliction. I thought for me, Petaling Jaya and Kuala Lumpur was a land of affliction when I came from Penang. Because for me, Penang was paradise. Penang was a little bit like heaven. But when God called me here, everything was new. I didn't know the roads. I didn't know the people. I didn't know anybody at all except my sister was here. That's the only person I knew and one or two aunties of my wife. Everything was strange. Everything like what Joseph says was like Egypt. Everything was changed. I have to learn to adapt again from an islander to a city dweller again. But when God called me here, I choose to say, Lord, today I've realized that I too had to have that Joseph attitude. I had to apply the Joseph principle and to say, God, you've taken me away from my home, Penang, my family, my friends, my church, and you have brought me here. I, I do not know what's going to happen in the future, but I know you called me. And that's all that matters. Joseph had the dream. Each one of us has something that God has spoken into your life. And today, let me just tell you that I can only be fruitful if I don't continue to complain and grumble. Ayah, the PJ food is not nice. The KL food is not nice. The roads, the traffic is so bad. I miss all the motorcycles in Penang. I miss the beach. I could grumble and complain and grumble. And where would I be today? But I choose to say, Manasseh. Lord, I will forget. You will help me forget my hardship. My wife has to relocate. My son has to go to a new school and make new friends. My wife has to go to Salayang of all places to be transferred there. There were a lot of foreigners there. But God, today we can stand before God and say, Lord, I can say that I am fruitful by the grace of God. I can say, Ephraim, because wherever God has positioned you in your office, in your neighborhood, in the church, in the ministry, in this country, we can say, Ephraim. Many of us will say, I wish, in your inner thoughts will say, I wish I could go to another country. I wish I could migrate. But until the Lord says so, be fruitful 
in Malaysia. Be fruitful in the land of affliction because be like a Joseph and God will lift you up and God will cause you to make an impact in the lives of others. It's a time for us to rebuild. It's a time for us to accept the new normal. It's a time for us to say, Manasseh, Lord, help me to forget and to let go of the hardship that you allowed me to go through. Help me to say, Ephraim, that in spite of not being where I thought I would be, I expect to be, I can still be fruitful. I can still serve God. I can still be a witness for God. Some of you have been hurt in the ministry. Some of you have come from other churches. Some of you feel that because of certain people, you are not serving the Lord right now. Because of certain things that happen in our lives, we don't want to be a witness where God has positioned us in our family, in our office, in the marketplace. Today, I just want to leave you with this word. Be a Joseph. Be a Josephine. And continue to look at every situation and say, Lord, I see your hand behind it. I see your plans behind it. I see your purpose for me behind it. That I can say, Manasseh. And I can say, Ephraim. Many of us have been in church for a long time. But we have not used our giftings and talents. Like what Pastor Vincent preached last week. All of us here have at least one spiritual gift. Many of us here have got two or three. Only Jesus had all the gifts of the Holy Spirit. What is the purpose of the gift? Is to edify the body of Christ is to build the church of Christ is to make a difference where God has positioned us in the marketplace in the office in the community one day we will stand before God one day you and I will stand before God and we will have to face the words of Jesus what will Jesus say to you and I? Have you and I been faithful? Have you and I been good in troubled times, in trials? Have you and I said Manasseh? Have you and I said Ephraim to God? Don't be like the servant who buried that one talent. Don't be like the ten servants of which a few, when they were given the minas, they hid it. They didn't do anything because all of us are accountable, responsible for the gifts, the people, the resources, the talents and the opportunities that God has placed in our lives. There is no one who can serve God like you. I'm talking to each one of you online and here because each one of us, the Spirit chose which gift to give. And even in the same gift, like David and Nick here, they may have the same gifts of hospitality, but even in the use of the gifts, even in the measure of the gifts, it is different how they apply it. And we need every gift to be employed. Jesus says, be engaged, do business until I come back because there will be an accounting when Jesus calls each one of us. How did we treat His Son Jesus? How did we treat our family? Have we constantly said Manasseh and Ephraim in our lives? For those here who are online today, the link will be given right now. We thank God that last Sunday when Pastor Vincent preached, so many responded to say, yes, here I am, Lord. 
I will not be stuck. I will not give reasons or excuse not to give unto God, not to serve unto God. Because I will say like Joseph, Manasseh, I will say like Joseph, Ephraim, I will let go, I will forgive, I will rebuild my life and I will be fruitful in the land of my affliction. Don't just simply do it because I say, but because you and I are trusted to be stewards and managers of the gifts, the resources and people. Just begin to look at the, at the list and those who are here, you have been given the form and some of you have taken the form last week. You can also scan the form through the QR code that's on the brochure. If some of you still need a brochure, you can get it. There will be booths here. There are some booths here. Three booths. One, two, three in Maranatha. There is a few more booths or station in Perusia. And there's one also station in lobby area. Please don't rush home. And say, I'm too busy. I've got too many things in my family going on. I need to get it right. No! Joseph could have given every excuse not to serve God in Potiphar's house, in the prison because he was betrayed. He was angry. But he said, no, Lord, where you position me, I will be fruitful. Take time after the service when we conclude the service to come to the stations, to fill up the link online, to go to Perusia, to go to lobby and just begin to talk to the ministry heads and the ministry leaders and begin to pray about it. Because just like a dragon boat, you know, coming from Penang, we, 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 we talk about dragon boat festivals. We need everyone to row. Can you imagine what happens if among the rowers, only one decided not to row? The boat will be slow. The boat can also go sideways and you will lose the race. And that is the meaning of fellowship. We are fellows of one ship. The ship of Jesus Christ. We all need to take our oars and row. And then the church of Jesus Christ will shine brightly for the Lord Jesus Christ. And you will find your purpose. You will find God's plan and God's will for you when you begin to serve God. That, that sense of fulfillment, that sense of joy, just like Joseph experienced. Did Joseph knew that one day he was going to be in the palace, not for a moment. He knew that God has a plan for him. He never knew he was going to be the second most powerful man in all the world, in that nation. You never know what God has for you. Some of you have been called. God is calling you to a full-time ministry. Some of you, God is calling you into the marketplace. Some of you, God is calling you to be a tent maker. That means you use your work to do ministry. And that's what we have a few people who are doing that even right now. God has a place for you. God already has a name in that place for you. And your name is already there. And for some of you here, there is a name, there is a place, only you are not there yet. Waiting for you to say, I'm sorry I'm late, Lord, but I'm here. Because I've decided I won't allow my past or even my present to stop me from being fruitful. And that is the sign of discipleship. Only when we are abide in Christ the vine and the Father continues to prune us, will you and I be fruitful. So don't ask again, why are things not happening in my life? Why am I not fruitful? Perhaps you are stuck and you need a Manasseh. You need to say Manasseh. You need to say Ephraim again. You need to apply the Joseph principle. Let's pray. Father, we thank you, Lord. That even though 
we know we are weak. Even though we, we know that we are just one person. And sometimes we say, what can one person do? But in the Lord's hand, each one of us are so valuable, are so precious, are so gifted to make a difference in the lives of others, in the church and out of the church. We are not gifted and fruitful for ourselves, Lord. We are gifted and fruitful for others. Just like a tree, the fruit of a tree, Lord, is not enjoyed by the tree, but enjoyed by others. So, Lord, make my tree and leaves green because there's no more baggages in my life. I choose to release and let it go and cast all this to Jesus, Lord. I want to be fruitful. I want to bear much, much fruit, Lord. 34, 64, and 100 for you. Because when I'm fruitful, I give glory to you. I give honor to you. I'll be a witness for you. So I pray that you will speak to every heart here, online and here. That they will take time today to say, Yes, Lord, I will come to that station. I will come to that place where you have already placed my name there to start giving, to start serving, to start surrendering to you. And for us here, who have been carrying this baggage, this load of anger and bitterness and resentment and hatred for too long, the Lord is here to say, Manasseh, it's time to let go. It is time to give it to God. It's time to forget. It's time to release and walk forward and take a step forward in the Lord with His strength. And I pray, Lord, that when we do that, Lord, when we do a Manasseh, we will also begin to do an Ephraim. People can see fruits coming out of every area of our lives. People will come to know us, want to come to draw near us, want to come to Jesus because of us. Come to church because of us. Come to the Connect Group because of us. So Lord, I just want to thank you. I just surrender your precious sons and daughters before you. We give you thanks. We give you praise, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. And God bless you. So I want you to just give five minutes of your time today. The stations all will be here in the hall. There are different stations. I think the AV, the worship, the kids just are here. The services ministry are in the lobby. And the other ministries, the LCS, the FUN, the Evergreen, they are all there for you to say, Yes, Lord. Thank you. And God bless you. <laughs>